everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, the 20th of May. And today I have a very special friend on the show with me today. Pastor Phil Hopper is here and we're going to spend the next few minutes talking about the signs of the times. You guys have reason to be encouraged. Stick around. All right, you guys. So at the time of this recording, I am in uh, Lansing, Michigan for the homeschool conference there. We're excited to see many of you. If you're anywhere in the area, I'll be speaking, keynoting tonight and tomorrow morning. I'd love to meet you coming out and say hello. This is my last speaking season uh, engagement this year. I've cut it short because of my run for the House of Representatives. And so if you're interested in coming out, I'd certainly love to see you. That's happening all weekend. And I will link back to the registration link in the show notes today. All right, you guys know how fond I am of the ministry of Pastor Phil Hopper and Abundant Life Church out of Lee Summit, Missouri. I was privileged to be there this Mother's Day to talk about legacy and how important it is that we train our children up in the ways of the Lord. And today, uh, Phil has graciously agreed to come on the show with me. And we're gonna talk a little bit about current events and uh, and talk about how it relates to Bible prophecy. Phil, my friend, welcome back to the show. It is such a joy once again, Heidi. Thank you for a chance to spend some time with you today and all of your listeners. It's always an honor. Well, it's the honor is mine. And uh, we've had, it's been really fun. So I've had you on the show several times now. And it seems like we may have, you, we, we may have birthed a couple of uh, satellite churches for abundant life out of the podcast, which is really thrilling. You've got, you've got listeners uh, all over the nation. Uh, Pastor Phil, it's exciting to see what God's doing. Well, it's exciting to see a move of God all over our country, Heidi, for all that is wrong. And there's a lot wrong. We could talk about a lot that is right. And what is right is revival. There's a move of God going on in the body of Christ, I think, all over our country. And so I've gotten to uh, meet a lot of mutual friends that listen to you. And and uh, by the grace of God, for some reason, they keep tuning in and listening to me. But wonderful saints of God. And I'm so yeah. thankful just really in the last year or two to have met and interacted with some really special people that I think you've uh, you've introduced us to. Well, it's exciting. You know, I told you before, I have a pretty short list of pastors who I think are really out on the front lines of what's happening in the culture right now. And uh, you're among them. And it's uh, it's fascinating to watch how quickly the culture is moving right now. But you're absolutely right. We're also seeing some exciting things. So let's start there. The Supreme Court is poised right now to reverse uh, Roe v. Wade. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, my first thought is I never thought, honestly, I would live to see it. So um, it's it's almost still unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. But I don't mm-hmm. know that anybody ever dreamed that we'd actually get here and be here. But I would say this, that as a Christian, as a true Christian, a follower of the living God, there's nothing anyone can do but celebrate if indeed they follow through and reverse what was a landmark decision and a horrible decision uh, to legalize abortion in all 50 states. And so uh, let's celebrate that 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 maybe uh, there's a, a little bit of good news in the middle of what's been a lot of bad news that relates to uh, our culture. And so uh, it's exciting to see. And a lot of it, I think, has had to do with, uh, you know, technology since 1973 
has uh, proven so much more about what goes on in the womb from the earliest moments of conception. And so a lot of public opinion has even turned against abortion, even though you still hear uh, from a lot of outlets that the majority of Americans are still pro-choice in some manner. Uh, The reality is um, culture, uh, while it has drifted farther away from a biblical worldview in many ways, it's actually in the last 50 years as pertains to abortion, I think probably turned back toward what we would consider a biblical worldview on life, the sanctity Mm. of life. Yeah, and and really, Christians, there really isn't another uh, viewpoint for those of us that claim the name of Jesus, right? We know because Scripture tells us that we were formed in the womb before anyone knew who we were. God knew us, and it's incumbent upon the church to uh, make sure that this message gets out there. Yeah, any 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 professing Christian with anything other than a pro life worldview uh, is not thinking biblically; they're thinking politically. And that's what it comes down to. And I tell our church all the time, we should never think in terms of left or right, but rather up or down. Mm. Meaning, what does God think about any given situation or any question in life? And every decision should, in the end, be uh, decisions that glorify God and point people to Him. And when it comes to abortion, there's only one position for any Christian, and it is that life begins at conception. I've heard actually Christians say, well, the Bible doesn't speak into this. Well, what Bible have you been reading I mean, right. over and over again? My word, <laughs> the Bible is so clear on this issue. Psalm 139, God sees us as fully human before we're even fully formed in the womb. Meaning even before you look like a human being in your mother's womb, God saw you as a human being. Mm. Uh, even when you were yet unformed, uh, says he wrote all of our days in a book in heaven. God has, think about this, he's written our biography in heaven before we were even born. He's written our days before it says there were any of them. Mm. Uh, in uh, Jeremiah chapter one, what's it say about Jeremiah? I've called you from your mother's womb. I've ordained you. From your mother's womb. You mentioned while you were speaking Mother's Day how John the Baptist leapt inside his mother's womb. That's the very mention of the name of Jesus. There's no question whatsoever what does the scripture teach about life? It is sacred in the eyes of God. And here's the reality, Heidi this issue, abortion and the sanctity of life, is in our generation what slavery was. In 19th century America, the only reason why slavery could persist as long as it did in 19th century America is that human beings convinced themselves that another group of human beings weren't fully human. Yep. And that was the depravity of human slavery. That human beings convinced themselves that another group of human beings weren't fully human. So this was okay. And that's exactly why abortion has persisted as long as it has in our country, because human beings have convinced themselves that another set of human beings aren't fully human because they're still in the womb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the reality is God sees them as fully human, whether they're in the womb or outside of the womb. And so mm-hmm. uh, any professing Christian can't do anything but celebrate the reversal of what has been an absolute despicable horrible stain on American culture. Mm. And I might even suggest part of the problem has been 
that the church has not had a prophetic voice in this area when it should have. Mm. And too many self-professing Christians, frankly, are, are waving the wrong flag. You know, they got their Jesus flag, but it's not the main flag. You know, they, they, when we think politically first instead of biblically, it will yeah. always lead us to places where you have these divided allegiances and divided loyalties. So I tell I don't care if you lean right or left politically, you have to celebrate uh, the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. As a, as a believer, that's exactly right. And really, uh, politics is downstream from culture. And the church should be at the top of the culture, not at the bottom of it, you know, so the church declaring what is true, because you're right. This isn't this. It's this. It's an up and down thing. Uh, Politics don't shape a culture morally or spiritually. It's the pulpits that shape a culture morally and spiritually. What is in the pulpits eventually finds itself into the pews. And that which is in the pews is reflected eventually in our politics. So you're 100% right. Politics simply reflect the culture morally and spiritually. They don't shape the culture morally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Uh, The church in many ways has failed to be the prophetic voice, the conscience that God has called us to be as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Uh, And so... Uh, this is some good news. After many years, I don't know, you probably know more specifically, over 70 million babies yeah. that have been butchered in the most awful, despicable mm-hmm. manner. I mean, burned alive in the womb. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. we've been doing yep. since 1973. Yep. Oh, my word. Uh, why, would God, why, why would God judge America, Heidi? Why would God, why would, why would God judge America? Why, why wouldn't he? But by the grace of God, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest mm-hmm. in some way the gavel has been coming down. Yeah. And we're watching the decline. Yeah. As yeah. nations rise and fall. Yeah. We're not a nation on the rise. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And and the church has a tremendous opportunity right now to love both a mother and her baby. And uh, and I I actually believe that uh, the wind is at the back of the pro-life movement right now. You know, sonogram, science proves uh, what you were saying at the very beginning of this, that what God said in his word is absolutely true, that we are human from the moment of conception and that life is worthy of protection. And so uh, I'm excited to see what happens. We certainly need to be praying for the Supreme Court justices right now. It's amazing uh, what is being allowed to happen in front of their homes and uh, out in front of the Supreme Court under the under the tyrannical leadership right now of an administration, it was completely unhinged. And I think a lot of us uh, certainly can see it. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to jump into the issue of Bible prophecy with you for the last remaining moments of the show, because we've got a lot to be excited about there as well. We'll be right back. All right, ladies, I know what kind of a beating good towels can take. Believe me, with seven kids, towels are used for everything from cleaning up an accidental spill on the kitchen floor to drying off your four-legged buddy. You want your towels to stay soft and absorbent when you need it most for bath time, right? Well, my towels from my pillow are the best towels ever. They come in seven colors, have a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Seriously, it's a game changer. Listeners of the Heidi St. John podcast can get up to 66% off by going to MyPillow.com and using the promo code Heidi or by calling 1-800-447-0541. So right before we left, we were talking about Roe v. Wade and kind of some exciting things that are happening uh, from the Supreme Court. But also 
we've got reason to be excited on the on the biblical front too in terms of prophecy. You guys are taking your your church through the book of Daniel right now. You've come on my show many times talking about Revelation. Let's jump into that for just a second. Why did you decide? I mean, I know why, but I I, I love hearing you say it. Why did you decide right now? Hey, let's uh, let's study Daniel. Well, the truth is, Heidi, I would have done Revelation again this year, but I just did it four years ago. So <laughs> I went I went to my next favorite prophecy book, which is the book of Daniel, which I would suggest has never been more relevant in modern American Christian lives than it is right now. You have Daniel, who lived as a captive in Babylon almost all of his adult life, going there as a teenager. Uh, and there's a lot to learn from Daniel, because though he lived in captivity in a Babylonian city, he lived practically like he was full of liberty, completely freely. Mm. Uh, not only that, I think about it, he lived in Babylon. Babylon never lived in him. And if you study scripture, Babylon is more than an ancient city, though it was that. Babylon in scripture is a symbol of a wicked world system that is antithetical, completely anti-Christ, anti-gospel, anti-anything that is holy. So look, let's come to the conclusion, Western civilization has changed. We no longer live in a Judeo-Christian civilization with a Judeo-Christian worldview and moral values. We live in a Babylonian civilization now that is pluralistic theologically. We don't live in a nation any longer, one nation under God. We're a nation now of many gods, or any God will do. Pick a God. How dare you say there's only one God? How dare you say there's only one way to heaven? This was the civilization that Daniel moved to. It's a civilization that was pluralistic theologically, uh, of open depravity and debauchery, and anything goes sexually. They worshipped Ishtar. They actually had one of the, the gates of the city dedicated to Ishtar, the goddess of fertility, of sexuality. And so uh, Daniel goes into the city, and we can learn practically how we can thrive as followers of the Most High God, even while living in some way, as captives in Babylon. He rose in influence, even though he did not have power. He, he wasn't mainstream in terms of uh, what the average citizen of that city believed, yet, yet he rose in influence. And I might even suggest, Heidi, because he was a part of government, an ungodly government serving an ungodly pagan king, ungodly pagan administration, he was able to bring godly outcomes. This is why, again, you said it when you came uh, on Mother's Day. But Christians need to be actively engaged on every level of culture, from education to the arts to the media, and yes, in government. Uh, and while all governments, outside of the government of God, is in some way flawed, in some way fallen. When godly people get involved in government, they're still able to bring godly outcomes. This is why I'm glad you're running for Congress. We have several members of our church running for office on a federal level. We just had several members of our church elected to local offices. I'm so proud of members of our church that have decided to step into that arena, though it's a place of hostility. They're going to make a difference as you are in time and eternity. And that's our call as Christians, mm-hmm. not to hide from the culture, but shine the light into the culture. The gospel doesn't run from the darkness. We run to the darkness. That's right. And this is what Daniel did. And then we're about to begin now the last half of the book, which is, it's all prophecy. And uh, I'm convinced we're, we're 
going to live things and see things in the 21st century that Daniel saw that God gave him in dreams and visions as a Hebrew prophet in the 5th century BC. And it's materializing in the 21st century. Well, as as I'm watching uh, things unfold around me, we get questions here quite a bit, and I know that you do too. But what are some of the things that we're looking at right now? I mean, we've just walked through in the United States, one of the most difficult seasons in, in the history of our nation, certainly as it relates to government and certainly as it relates to leadership and sorrow. You know, you and I have talked a lot about that. A lot of people have lost a lot of loved ones in the last couple of years, but there are a lot of things happening prophetically uh, that people like yourself have been pointing to, to encourage God's people, get into the word, know his word, understand it, uh, because we don't need to be afraid. We can walk this thing out uh, yeah, joyfully because we know that God is unfolding a plan that he has had uh, since the beginning of time. What are some of the ways that uh, Christians should be looking at current events right now as they relate to prophecy? Yeah, knowledge is power. And so the more we know biblically, we are able to discern the times. And I wouldn't suggest getting our news exclusively from uh, the networks or um, off of you know, Facebook and social media, uh, get into the scripture so that we know what God says about the future and everything God wants to know. He's already told us now, mm. biblical prophecy, the way I look at it, it's like putting together a thousand piece puzzle puzzle. Uh, we have all the pieces. We don't know for sure how they go together, but we do have all the pieces. And uh, we know as, as time gets closer and closer to the end, more of those puzzle pieces are going to fall into place and a picture begins to emerge. And so here's the point. We have many more of those puzzle pieces in place than, say, Christians that lived 100 years ago. We have many, many, many more of those puzzle pieces in place than Christians that lived 500 years ago. And so we know, fundamentally, we're living in the last days. We're living at the time of the end because of two major prophecies that lay dormant for centuries that have been fulfilled just in the last hundred years, from the Jews going back to the land of their forefathers about a hundred years ago with the Balfour Declaration, where uh, the land of Israel and the ancient land of the Jews goes back under control of Great Britain. It had been under the Ottoman control for 500 years, and 135 AD. Remember, the Jews were kicked out of the land. Legally, they could not return to the land. The Romans changed the name from the land of Israel to the land of Palestine. Uh, the ancient people, the Philistines, they, they were trying to erase all memory of the Jews have, having been there. And so think about this. Hundreds and hundreds of years, 1,800 years, the Jews were not in the land. Jesus could not return. The Messiah could not return to the people were back in the place. Now think about this. At one time, nobody could have imagined how the Jews could ever legally return to the land. Mm -hmm. But it happened. And one of those major puzzle pieces fell in place shortly after World War I, uh, when the British Army defeated the Ottoman Turks, not coincidentally, in a battle that took place in a valley called Armageddon. And uh, suddenly... Uh, the ancient land of Israel became a colony of Great Britain. Lord Balfour signs a declaration the Jews are allowed to return. And then, of course, 1948, the Jews not only uh, are back in the land, but now they are miraculously reborn as a nation. Who could have fathomed that mm. at one time? Mm -mm. No ancient people have ever remained a distinct people group 
when they've been scattered among other peoples. Yet for hundreds of years, the Jews remain distinct, separate from the other people groups. They've been scattered. God promised because of your rebellion, I'll scatter you among other nations, but I will bring you back again. That's exactly what he did. 1948, they're reborn as a nation. 1967, the last remaining puzzle piece falls into position at the end of the Six Days War. Jesus in Luke 21, 24 that Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled and the Jews roll back into Jerusalem, take back control of the holy city for the first time since 70 AD, a super sign biblically from the mouth of Jesus himself that the times of the Gentiles are coming to an end. So since 1967, there's nothing biblically remaining that had to happen before Jesus comes to rapture his bride. Wow. And establish his kingdom, a thousand-year kingdom, uh, with that seven-year tribulation separating, I'm convinced, as a pre-millennial and pre-tribulational Bible teacher. There's seven years separating uh, the rapture of the church with the second coming and the establishment then of that millennial kingdom. Now, when we think about more of those puzzle pieces besides those coming together, I'm convinced COVID and what we've seen happen the last two years has accelerated what was already happening uh, to further position the props and the players in position for what amounts to a Revelation 13 um, in time scenario. And so COVID was a significant event and a series of significant events, I'm convinced, that will lead to a significant event. And uh, Daniel, I'm convinced, sees much of that that he shares with us in the last six chapters of the book of Daniel. Mm. And we talked, I've got a, a question for you because this, this came in from another listener. The Bible talks a lot about a one world government. And uh, the United States is actually poised. We're at the cusp right now. I mean, certainly there's a there's a convention happening right now in Geneva, Switzerland. The United Nations is meeting there from the 22nd through the 28th. And they are poised right now to uh, be given some degree of uh, some degree of oversight here in the United States. And it's an amazing thing, this pandemic treaty that the Biden administration is pushing forward. It's going to give the World Health Organization this political clout that will basically frame uh, global narratives and global control in the event of an emergency. They don't even have to have data to back it up. They just have to be able to say, well, there's a threat that this could possibly happen. So then they could declare an international health emergency and boom, powers of nations are nullified. This is done in the dark of night. Uh, This happened starting on January 18th earlier this year. But we are poised right now to sign this treaty, the most dangerous attack on sovereignty of the United States in the history of our nation. It's kind of, it's kind of the, it's like you can see pieces moving into place. This is exactly what I'm talking about. When I say COVID was a significant event, that will lead to another significant event and a series of significant events to lead to the main event. This is what I'm talking about. It has accelerated the direction Western civilization was already going. Yeah. And so Revelation 13 prophesies and tells us there will be a universal global system of what amounts to Marxism, mm-hmm. complete total control of the nations, complete total control as it relates economically commercially, uh, politically, and religiously. So how on earth does Western civilization convert to globalism? Well, we're watching it happen right now. This is one of the distinct uh, 
I think, divisions within our elected leaders on a federal level. You have those who believe in national sovereignty. Yep. Uh, that America is a world power and the world is better because of it. Uh, and you have those that don't believe America should be a world power. We should just be one more world player. So consequently, there's a there's a worldview that very much uh, is reflected in many of our elected leaders of globalism. Uh, you can see it in 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 their policy toward our borders. Yep. Um, you can see it in their policy toward uh, in terms of foreign policy. Yep. Uh, and and what has COVID done? COVID has accelerated that movement, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what we're talking about here is not, as you said, being done in the dark. We're not talking about QAnon stuff. We're not talking about That's some right. Illuminati. We're not talking about some global elite. They, whoever they are, we're talking about world leaders who are on record uh, in terms of being very clear about what their vision is for the future. It's it's the UN twenty thirty vision. Yep, and uh, Justin Trudeau, who goes on record of saying this COVID gives us a chance to accelerate our goals. And you better believe those goals are being accelerated. Yeah. And so we are about one global cataclysm away from what amounts to uh, a global government system of some kind anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to tell you that. Uh, with a national debt of $30 trillion yep, and every other civilized nation on earth equally bankrupt. Um, I heard one elected official um, being interviewed and uh, it was around, um, you know, the, the big spending bill, the infrastructure bill that mm-hmm. was passed earlier this year. And, of course, there was a lot of division around that bill at the time and how much spending we would do, et cetera. And, 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 and a news commentator, news anchor actually asked them, um, how can we possibly pay for all this? And here was their exact response. This was a U.S. senator. And the exact response was the U.S. government can spend whatever they want to on whatever they want to as much as they want to. That was almost verbatim what he said. And here's here's the deal. You don't have to have a PhD in economics to know there's a payday someday. You can't keep printing trillions of dollars on paper without devaluing the US currency. And you can't keep spending money when you're thirty trillion dollars in debt. Yet that this this is what he said. The US government can spend however much they want to on whatever they want to. Look, this is the decline of nations. This is how nations crumble from within. You go back and look at the fall of Rome. Rome was never actually conquered. It merely crumbled. Yep. It it crumbled because one of the reasons why is they couldn't pay for where they'd been. Mm. They were broke. Mm. Mm. They were broke and their leaders were corrupt. And they were corrupt. It's true. And I think as we look, you know, look forward to where this is moving, and, I, and I'll link back to some of these things in the show notes today, because I know there's going to be people going, nah, that's not really happening. No, it really is happening right now, uh, going on in Geneva, Switzerland. The United Nations is convening to vote on the Biden administration's amendments that really will hand over national sovereignty and authority to the World Health Organization in the event 
of another health emergency. Well, we've seen them do it once. We know they can do it again. This is something of a matter of urgent prayer for people who are listening to the show. And call your call your representatives. Let them know, hey, we don't want to do this. We, you know, we we don't want any part of this. We still have that authority here in the United States because of the way our system of government is set up. But the but the people of God have no reason. And I think this is one of the reasons I love your ministry so much, Phil, is that the people of God really have no reason to be afraid. We watch this stuff. We want to be engaged, right? This is we were told, you know, to uh, to, uh, to occupy until the Lord returns. Like we're not supposed to be sitting silent on like a bump on a log with this sort of fatalistic mentality. Well, I guess that's how it's going to go down, right? If you saw your child in the middle of a freeway with a truck barreling at him, what would you do? You wouldn't go. Well, I guess this is your time to go. You know, you try to save the life of your child. I've actually had. I've actually had. Christians ask me, well, if we know the Bible says this is going to happen anyway, then maybe we shouldn't just resist it. Maybe we shouldn't try to get in its way. Maybe we should just let it happen. And, uh, you know, there's a, there, there's a reason God put us in this place, in this space, in this time. And even though we know in the end there will be a global wicked world system, of Marxism and total control, enormous persecution uh, for the saints that are in the tribulation, etc. Uh, God has put us in this place and space at a time, what? To be the light of the world, not to run from the darkness and hide from the darkness, but run to the darkness and shine the light of God, shine the truth into the lies of our time. And there's coming a day, 2 Thessalonians 2 says, the restrainer will be removed. And the restrainer is a person, speaking of the Holy Spirit, this comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the restrainer is removed. And what the Apostle Paul said was, then the son of perdition, then the Antichrist will be revealed when the restrainer has been removed. I'm convinced that's the rapture. The Spirit of God lives within the people of God. When we are removed at the rapture, then the Antichrist will be fully revealed. But until that time, we are to be the restraining force of the gospel, the restraining force of God on the earth. The Spirit of God within the people of God is what Paul was teaching, is holding back the spirit of Antichrist from completely emerging with the person who will be the Antichrist. Uh, And and eventually it will happen, but until it happens, we're here to stand in the way yes. of whatever is wicked. Yep, that's right. And that's why the abortion uh, discussion is so important. That's why Christians engaging in every sphere of influence is so important. We were born for this, literally born for this time in human history. God knew that that Phil Hopper would be here, Heidi St. John would be here. He's not scratching his head going, wow, I didn't see that coming, right? Uh, and he has a role for us to play. And I love uh, the way that you're educating your church. You guys have an amazing ministry going on there. Uh, in uh, at Lee's Summit. Uh, and I'm just so thrilled to have been a, a small part of what you're doing. Where can people find you online? They can find us. Our website is livingproof.co. That's livingproof.co, not com. Everybody goes, is that a typo? No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> livingproof.co. They can find me on Instagram as well as Facebook as well, Heidi, or uh, I have a website, philhopper.org that they can find me personally on. But our website for the church is livingproof.co. 
And you've written a couple of books that I've been privileged to be a small part of as well. You're just doing amazing things, my friend. And I'm just so honored to know you. Thank you for taking time to come on and encourage the listeners of the Off the Bench podcast. Every time you're on here, uh, people are encouraged and lives are changed and hearts are strengthened. That is the ministry that God has given you. And I'm just so thankful for your voice right now, especially. It's always a joy, Heidi, to spend time with you on your podcast. And I do. I, do, I hope your listeners are encouraged. Listen, there's lots of reasons to be discouraged. Yep. There is so much darkness everywhere. But remember, keep your eyes on the end, because in the end, we win. The kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's do it again soon. All right. God bless. God bless you, friend. You guys want more information on Pastor Phil Hopper and the ministry of Abundant Life Church, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and scroll down to the show notes and I'll link back to Pastor Phil Hopper and also check out the books he's written. You guys are going to be really encouraged. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening today. And I'll see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture.